Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward, and you are tuned in to Civic Cypher. Yes, indeed. Uh, be sure to stick around. Had a crazy week this week. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on. So we are going to talk about all of it, not the least of which is um, PNB Rock. That, that's tough. And we're going to sit with that. We need to sit with that. It's very important that we do. So we're going to take some time and go over that. Um, we're also going to talk about um, a lot of the backlash that we've been seeing in, you know, some popular television series. Series, I think that's how I say that. Um, in particular, we're going to talk about the backlash to our new Black Little Mermaid, um, as well as some other shows, including... Uh, House of the Dragon, which is a Game of Thrones spinoff, and um, the Rings of Power, which is a Lord of the Rings spinoff, and the backlash against black characters who exist in imaginary worlds. Um, we're going to uh, spend some time talking about someone who deserves his, his just due, uh, the filmmaker Oscar Michaud. Uh, a uh, very profound black filmmaker and uh, we're going to dedicate our way black history fact to him and everything else unfortunately this week we had to leave a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor um, but there are going to be some other things that naturally make their way into this show because again it's been a very very busy week out there the devil's been busy as they say um, but first and foremost we are going to start off um, on a positive note, if you've seen the Emmys, we're going to dedicate our Ebony Excellence to the Ebony to the uh, to the Emmys. If that's all right with Q. Shall we? We shall. <laughs> so um, this week's Ebony Excellence, we're going to shout out uh, Shirley Ralph. Um, the article comes from the Atlantic, and this, of course, is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media. Uh, in the minutes after the, the actor won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, she sang and beamed and inspired the audience to leap to its feet again and again and again. Her acceptance speech was the kind of moment that television, live television in particular, is made for and need, needs more of. To anyone who has ever, ever had a dream and thought this dream wasn't or wouldn't come true, I'm here to tell you this is what believing looks like. This is what striving looks like. And don't you ever, ever give up on you. This is what she said. Uh, she, of course, thanked her family, her children, her friends, everyone that voted for her. Um, and it wasn't just the speech itself, uh, but, you know, she's a respected performer who's been waiting decades uh, since her start in the late 70s to be recognized on this kind of mainstream level. Many in the room, uh, as soon as her name was called, seemed to understand how overdue her recognition had been giving her a standing ovation, even as she seemed too overwhelmed to leave her seat. And a win couldn't have been more fitting uh, than for her role on Abbott Elementary, which is a comedy about an underfunded public school where she stars as Barbara Howard, a teacher whom the protagonist, played by the show's creator, Keenta Brunson, admires and considers her mentor. Barbara is a trailblazer. Ralph is the same. And that speech was magnificent. I want to add, she's such a great actress 
that I've been upset with her for like 20 years for not letting her fake daughter in a movie sing in the school choir. <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out. That's how good she is. I'm real life upset that Rita couldn't sing in the choir on Sister Act 2. That's funny. That's funny. Well, uh, you know, entertainment is is a big part of our world and our culture in this country. And so uh, this week, you're going to notice that we're dealing with a lot of entertainment stuff. Um, you know, normally we deal with politics. We deal with, you know, policing. We deal with institutions that we consider to be white supremacists or otherwise have roots in white supremacy. Um, but this has been a big week in entertainment. And so um, we're going to address that now. Have you seen the trailer for the uh, Little Mermaid movie that's coming out i have i watched it with my beautiful daughter oh yeah we're both very excited about what's to come from the good old folks at disney yeah yeah so uh if you're like me you uh saw the little mermaid in the early 90s might have been late 80s somewhere in there somewhere in there yeah vhs um you know where i was born in 82 so little mermaid was one of the disney uh masterpieces that came out um disney would come out with a movie every year and everyone would go see it it was an always an animated movie um and the uh the character was a white red-headed mermaid figure um and there's another movie that i saw i believe it was called splash don't ask how i know that because i don't remember anything i but, remember that movie yeah and it was about a mermaid too it right? was and the uh, the mermaid was a white, blonde-haired woman this time. And I think that if you close your your eyes and I say the word mermaid, the vision that comes into your head listening to my voice now, the vision that pops into your head is a white woman. Um, now, we, the black delegation, <laughs> <laughs> we feel like we, you know, we could be mermaids too. We could be, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's so strange that we don't exist in the imaginations of uh people and their fantasies and the, these sorts of things. Um and when we do, it's such a big deal. Uh but you know what? I, I'll be honest, because that's just the way the world has been, oftentimes we don't notice or recognize that we're underrepresented in certain areas right and so when i believe to be a group of allies people who are like hey you know what we need to change this why can't ariel be but mermaids are fantasy creatures you know what i'm saying so we can use our imagination here and we can make a black mermaid and she can be a little girl and go through you know what i'm saying these experiences happen to black mermaids the same as you know, every other kind of mermaid. Um, she were being mermaid. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the group of people that, that allowed this decision to make its way to that trailer and, and then ultimately the movie, um, you know, they thought that this might be something um, that the world could use. You know, we've seen white mermaids for the entirety of our life, which is why if I say mermaid, um, this is an example of the platonic ideal. The image that pops into your head is a white woman with seashells for her bra and a green sort of fishtail. Um, and you don't think of a man. You don't think you certainly don't think of someone black. You know what I mean? Um, 
And, you know, the people that decided to make this change are people that are being inclusive, which we applaud. We, we recognize the need for that. We, we want to exist in these fantasy lands too. We want to be represented in these places the same as anyone else. You know what I mean? The problem is the backlash, right? Isn't that crazy? So the very expected backlash too. Yeah. I'm sure Disney knew that they would get these types of responses. And, you know, if it was the only one, it'd be, I wouldn't be fine, but, eh. but this has happened obviously a lot just this month. So this is why we're talking about it. Anyway, I'll read. So uh, this comes by a news one. My Ariel is black and she's swimming in white tears. Um, so over the weekend, a trailer was released for the live action rendition of Disney's The Little Mermaid, starring black actress and singer Halle Bailey as Ariel. And of course, the trailer's release has reopened the floodgates and put us under the sea of white tears. We were already put under when it was first announced Bailey would be playing the lead role a few years ago. Um, a lot of people are talking about what's called forced diversity in Hollywood. Um, and uh, the, the author of this article um, makes a point of discussing forced whiteness, right? Which, you know, for folks who are listening to this, this is kind of what we we're alluding to. You know what I mean? It, it, I'm not saying it was a concerted effort or people got in rooms like, Ariel needs to be white, you know, in the early 90s or early uh, late 80s. It was just the default setting. You know, why would why would anybody even think of a mermaid being black? You know what I mean? Because obviously whiteness was the default, which is kind of strange because human beings are black. Meaning that if you like go on Google Maps and search Earth and guess where the pen is going to drop right in Africa, where human beings first evolved with first you know, consciousness and the first creatures to be able to call themselves human beings. So this should, in theory, be the default, right? But, um, you know, whiteness is the default in this country. And because this country really sets the, uh, the culture, global culture, you know, with our entertainment exports, you know, our, our film and, and language and, you know, all the other things, fashion, that sort of stuff. Um, I really do applaud this effort of people trying to make uh, Disney uh, trying to make right some of the wrongs that they have enacted on black people and some of the stereotypes that they've perpetuated over the years. You know, this new, more inclusive Disney is a very welcome um, Disney. And in, in my book, my personal, I don't want to speak for you, Q, but in my book, I think that this is something that is very necessary. I don't think that this is performative. I think that little girls will be able to see this and see that Ariel is black and, you know, white tears is probably a strong term for me. I don't want to see anybody's tears, but I recognize the point that the author is making there um, in that, you know, for some reason, it's, it's almost always a certain group of white folks. They tend to be very conservative, you know, very traditional, and they just don't like anything black. In fact, if it's black, they kind of actively push against it. Meanwhile, over on this side, you know, a lot of times we find with our Hispanic brothers and sisters, our Asian, you know, like a lot of communities of color, people who are born um, into marginalized communities, inclusivity is kind of the name of the game. We kind of, yeah, let's bring more folks to our table. There are some notable exceptions or some people who have ideas that 
will never make their way to Civic Cipher and they're just as black as me and you, Q. Um, but for the most part, our black culture tends to be very inclusive. And a lot of times we find that, um, you know, when it's our Caucasian brothers and sisters, in particular, those who are in positions of power, who actively work against inclusivity and, and kind of allowing us to exist, you know, um, and, and be celebrated, it's, it's very hurtful. Um, and again, if this was the only thing we were talking about, that'd be one thing. But as you know, the list continues. So <laughs> I guess I'll, do you want to take the next one or do you want me to get it? I mean, it's sure, you know, the idea that we're not allowed to exist in even fantasy spaces. It's almost like they don't want us like in their perfect world or imaginary world. It's, I mean, but that's it. It's not almost like that. It's like that. It's, it's very hurtful. This is our imaginary perfect fantasy space. We'd rather you not exist here. And I, I want to be clear. This is not the authors or the producers of the shows with this attitude. It's the public that has taken someone else's fantasy, made it their own, and the public, not the whole public, but a certain facts, uh, subset of the public that, you know, just wars against the fact that Black people now exist in their fantasy world or the fantasy world that they've been shown or read about or whatever the case is. Yeah, it's it's... It's unfortunate that just the idea that I have to get excited, right? Watching the trailer, for instance, for The Little Mermaid with Aiko, that she, she'll she get a, a Disney princess that looks like her, mm -hmm. that I have to be conscious of it. And I wasn't aware of the casting. So when I saw it, I had a real life. <gasps> yeah. Like I hadn't read the articles or the press releases to know that, you know, she'd be in it. So Aiko's only version of the Little Mermaid will be this one. This will be her first, you know what I mean, interaction with Disney, you know, besides Encanto, which also gave her some pride because, as you know, Aiko's mother is from a, she's from Mexico. So the Spanish culture, the Latin mm -hmm. culture, very, very important and impactful for her. Um, so I'm excited that Aiko will have a much more inclusive representation from all things sure. with regards to the arts and you know fantasy mm -hmm. than we did as children so let's move this on a little bit to something that's a little bit more grown up um we're going to talk about the game of thrones spinoff you watch game of thrones of course i watch game of thrones me too all of them <laughs> all of them okay all right this comes from from variety House of House of the Dragon star Steve Toussaint slams racist viewers. They're happy with a dragon flying, but not a rich black guy. Ooh, that's saying a mouthful. Um, Steve Toussaint is, for those that watch the show, he's a character. Um, you know, I'm just going to tell the story. All right. If you didn't watch Game of Thrones, the original series, there is a family that controls dragons, right? This family... As, as George R.R. R. Martin wrote in his books, is uh, a family known by their silver hair and purple eyes, right? The reason that this didn't show up on the screen is because the actress couldn't wear the contacts, the actress from the original series, uh, Khaleesi. Uh, I don't know her name. Um, Amelia Clark, is that her name? Sure. All right, let's go with it. All right, shout out to Amelia Clark. <laughs> She needed to know my name. That's the important part. Anyway, um, 
So, um, this was the fantasy world. And in the original series, none of the family members were alive around, you know, it was just her and her brother. And I think her brother died very early. So she was kind of the last of her clan, right? So this new series takes place centuries before it's a, it's a prequel to the Game of Thrones, right? In this new series, her family is all together and fleshed out and deep, right? And some of her family members or relatives or people from that group of people, her clan or whatever, her tribe, elders. Yeah, sure. Some of them are black skinned people, right? And guess what? They have silver hair. I'm not sure what color their eyes are. You know, it's kind of dimly lit program. And I'm not really all up in dudes' faces like that. But um, the silver hair uh, is is meant to signify that they're a part of this clan of people, Valyrian people, right? So this is what people have pushed back on. Like, why in the world is this black actor a Valyrian? In a show called House of the Dragon, where there are real dragons that fly around fire and breathe fire on people. Flying dragons. Right. So none of these people ever existed. This is not a historical account of the family. And, you know, insofar as they can be, they're true to the character. Silver hair. Never said that they did not have uh, melanated skin. And if you look at the guy that's in question, the uh, the I'm not sure the character's name, but the actor's name is Steve Toussaint. If you look at his character, he plays Lord Corliss. Lord Corliss. Okay, yes, Valerian. Right. Nice. So he is a Valerian. There you go. This guy is. He looks like a G. He looks like God. You know what I'm saying? He's got like these dreads, and they're like silver. It's like you know what I'm saying. And. You got to understand. Okay, so, you know, Q and I, as we mentioned, we watch Game of Thrones. Um, we got into it. I don't know why you got into it. I'm just into everything that's like royal, king, you know, queen, that sort of stuff. You know, my name is Ramses. My last name is King. You know, and I just kind of grew up that way. You know what I mean? Anything having to do with a castle or a pyramid or something cool, and regal, I'm just into it, right? And... You got to you got to know how that hits somebody like me when I'm into a show and I see an important character and he's black in a space where that's not typical, right? So when I saw him, I I was surprised. I was like, "Whoa!" right? But surprised in a good way. And I'm sure if you're listening to me in Q's show, and you've listened to us for some time, then I'm sure that you probably had a similar reaction. Whoa, how cool is that? That's a good thing. But you need to know, just like we do, that there's people, a very vocal group of people who push back against this. And it's very sad because it's like, okay, you're cool with dragons, but not cool with melanin. Like, how far does this, how far does this go? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what's more believable? They're cool with a woman with a fish tail and half of her body being covered in scales. I'm going to let Q talk. As long as she's not black. Keep on talking, Q, because you're saying that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and they treat it as historical fact. Well, Ariel was white. Ariel was a cartoon mermaid. 
she didn't she didn't actually exist at any point on earth people she could be purple or aqua and people would be fine with that it's the brown that they are not enjoying very very straightforwardly the brown that they are not enjoying is very hurtful and i think that you know i'm i don't want to say to be fair but if i was to try to pinpoint a source of it i i you know we've talked about on this show and uh, you know on uh the black information network um daily podcast how there's a lot of our caucasian mostly brothers but some of our caucasian sisters too that really feel like the quote great replacement end quote um unquote sorry is a, a real thing they think that there's a concerted effort for people to replace them you know my real problem with the great replacement you only have one people. it's not singular but this is the <laughs> one though okay go ahead they'd be fine with it as long as they're the ones doing the replacing that's the part that makes my stomach turn right it's because of course you don't want your race to be wiped out and if you're dumb enough for someone to convince you that that's true it could incite fear and panic and distress and anxiety sure yeah. but those same people would be fine if the people being replaced or wiped out or becoming yeah. the victims of genocide if they didn't look like them. didn't look like them yeah. even in this space where you're talking about reality versus historical context yeah when Cleopatra was cast as a beautiful white woman, they were not so up in arms about the historical precedent. Well, Cleopatra was Egyptian and from Africa. She couldn't be Elizabeth Taylor. No such article was ever written by the segment of our entertainment world or the journalist or just the fans and people who are upset. They never were so up in arms about actual historical figures being replaced. Um, you know, a movie called Gods of Egypt was made. Oh, it was called Gods of Egypt. Every that. star I remember in that. that movie was white. I remember that. Every lead speaking line character in that movie was I white. I remember that one. You know, I remember that one. And that wasn't 50 years ago. This is like seven years ago. I'm knowing. But watch this. Okay. So we talked about Little Mermaid. We talked about House of the Dragon. Watch this. I didn't, this comes from I didn't CNN. Know, I didn't know you had another one. This comes from CNN. Elijah Wood and the original Lord of the Rings cast shut down racist critics of Rings of Power. One time for Elijah Wood. Watch this. Um, Amazon Prime had to shut down the comments uh or like some sort of message board or chat room or something like that having to do with the rings of power i could read this but you know i'm gonna paraphrase her um because people were upset that there were black hobbits <laughs> this this is this all this stuff happened like in the past month i'm not laughing because it's funny y'all so you know the, the star wars franchise you remember that remember when uh when the stormtrooper took off his helmet and he was black and everybody's like oh and that was in the trailer you know what i'm saying there's a real thing and on their side they think okay why do black people have to be 
everywhere now. Why is it? You know what I mean? This is what they think. Well, because we exist. You know, that's the answer. But, you know, they haven't seen it. They haven't grown up with it. And to them, coupled with that, that what they've been taught, which is um, they're being replaced. Jews have a concerted effort to organize the melanated individuals of the world to replace white people. This is a real thing that some of these white uh, conservative people think when they see a black person in a space where they don't expect it in media, then they feel like it's the woke Hollywood liberal agenda to force blackness down their throats. And of course, from where we sit, it's just like, no, we want to exist in these fantasy places. We want to have black skin. We want to go to other planets. We want to fly on dragons. We, you know what I'm saying? Like we want to swim in under the sea with Sebastian and how, how dare you want flounder thing, you know, and this is kind of what we run up against, but it's important for us to share this with you, our listener, because our belief is that by you knowing this, you can have conversations in spaces where our voices don't get to and we physically don't get to. And so hopefully we create better allies. 